0: Welcome to the studio corner, Josh.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Glad you're here. So your full name is Joshua Longfellow Wright. Yes, sir. That it is. I didn't know that until I asked you for the post I made about it and I was like, "Holy shit, what a name." <laughs> yeah, it's uh well, it's a name for
1: sure. It's my uh Longfellow's my mom's maiden name. Really? Yeah, so. I
0: just I just thought of Longfellow Deeds from Mr. Deeds the movie. <laughs> Have you seen that? Mr. Deeds with Adam Sandler? Uh, yeah, a long time ago, actually. It's the I only time I've ever heard it. the name Longfellow other than
1: you. Okay. Well, <laughs> H- Henry Wadsworth, Longfellow.
0: Famous American poet. Well, I'm not, not up to par with that, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I'm looking him up now. Cool. Longfellow. It's a good name. Yeah. So I listened to your albums, or the albums that you produced. or. Yeah, under
1: the uh, record label I had for quite some time
0: domain records. I so I listened to all four of the the four that you gave me the four that I got from your shop. Mm-hmm. And I dug I dug pretty much all of it, but I fell in love with this one. It's the band is Fermata? Fermata, yeah. Fermata. What does that mean? That uh just... well,
1: Fermata is um, I'm probably going to be way off here, but as far <laughs> as I know, it's part of a music um uh, I don't it's part of music. I don't. It's like a note or like a way. That, I'm not really. I'm. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe but I should I remember, know this then. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what, but I remember it was part of. Uh, it was part of music, somehow. Well, but I don't
0: remember. Whatever it means or whatever it is, I feel like I should know it if it's part of music. Um, the album's called Vessel. Or uh, I, I loved it. I put it on and like right away, it reminded me of like. I want to say perfect circle, more Tool. It's got like that heavy, but heavy vibe, but that you know, just great. So everything about it, the sound was awesome, very Tool, um, very Maynard.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a, a really fun project to be a part of. Um, it was. Uh, we had it uh, produced by Mark Rank, um, and uh, it was. It's it's one of my favorite for sure. I mean, I love them all. Yeah. but uh, There's definitely ones that really comp- are complete.
0: Yeah, no the the song pseudo on there. Mm-hmm. I think if I remember the name correctly. That one was my favorite. That it's funny. I, I sat down to listened to all four records actually last night, mm-hmm. and I put that one on first. This uh, that album on first, and just right away I was like, holy shit! How have I not known about this? Yeah. Is this the only album that they made?
1: It is unfortunately. Um, we did a we did a music video uh, for them. Uh, it was directed by Shane Drake, who. Um, is a uh mtv um award winner wow. uh, for uh he, w- he panic at the disco and other other videos that he's he's won awards for country Jesus. music awards actually as well <laughs> but <laughs> yeah he's uh, he's he's done quite well he's a really g- good guy too but um yeah so we had videos uh for them and some other bands and uh they went on on tour just you know sometimes things don't uh work out
0: yeah so, here we are. I'm a little upset, I love them. I, oh, I'd love to hear more of them. I, yeah, I mean, I listen to it, I
1: still listen to it because it's uh, it's great music.
0: It is, it's like, it, you know, cause a lot of time, I mean, one thing right off the bat, anybody that shares music or literature with me, that's like mm-hmm. the, that's the ultimate gift for me. Like that's a bond, you know, you share the type of music that you like with me, you share the type of literature, like that's that's very uh, a very deep gift in my mm-hmm. opinion. So I love getting that from people. And it's one thing to, like, receive, you know, shit, actual CDs. I mean, that's just nice to, yeah. <laughs> in general. But just to receive music in general from someone, uh, I feel like is kind of this preconceived idea that, oh, they're giving me the music. I have to listen to it objectively because they like it and they gave it to me. And I try to take myself out of that and try to, th- you know, think more of what's my opinion of it. They're sharing this music with me. And I, I sometimes struggle when people share the music with me especially yeah. if they had a had a hand in it cuz like I kind of take a different mindset, different approach to it, which may not be for the best, but the moment they started playing, the moment I put this record on, I was like a total fan. It had nothing to do with like Joe Josh gave me a album that came out of his record label. It was holy crap, who are these guys? I love this. Yeah. And it, I, I don't I don't get to experience that a lot. So, first, thank you for that. <laughs> my, <laughs> and, my pleasure. and yeah, it was it was really enjoyable. I actually um after I finished, I put them on on the big speakers and just kind of hung out and you know mm-hmm. did my stuff in here listening to uh listening to them
1: yeah I love uh the song vessel yeah the the last song on it it's that's that one is that one's pretty rad it speaks speaks a lot of volume,
0: yeah the great great lyrics too i mean mm-hmm. just yeah. all all parts hit right on the head yeah, it's very upsetting to know that <laughs> this is the only album out there like that yeah um, so like, domain records is that the label that you released uh oh uh-huh. yes. so so talk to me about that I mean first off how how did you even get started in the I mean how did you even lead into wanting a record label and starting a record label?
1: Uh, the love of music, wanting to be a part of it surrounded by it, um, immersed in it um, but also understanding who I am and uh, having dabbled in, A band when I was in high school, and kind of saying that maybe I'm not the the guy that is going to be on stage. Yeah. And I'm fine with that, you know. So understanding kind of where I could fit, um, I I found my strengths and or what I consider to be my strengths, and uh, went towards a, a path of actually wanting to work for myself not wanting to um, do the corporate route. I saw both my parents um, kind of get screwed over every time they they, they worked for a corporation. So um, I just kind of figured if I'm going to succeed, it's going to be because of me. If I'm going to fail, it's going to be because of me. So wow. um, And fortunately, I've been able to do that thus far.
0: Work for yourself. And be successful in the music industry—that's a pretty bold move. That's courage. Well, I was
1: 19 at the time, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just <laughs> flowing through you. You believed everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I—I so I moved out. I moved out of state um, briefly right out of high school. I needed to get out of the, you know, the nest, the bubble, if you will. Yeah. Uh, to experience a little bit of what it means to live a little bit out of uh, my comforts, um, and uh, that definitely happened and I realized that I didn't want to uh, continue the path that I was going that I really needed to be true to myself and that was to uh, follow my uh, my passions of uh, music and um, film, entertainment, any anything like that And so I kind of started writing a list of things that I wanted to possibly do and uh, you know when you're when you're dreaming money's not part of the the equation so you can write down anything and uh, you know when you start writing it down you start to manifest it yeah and then uh, you know you just continue on you stay consistent and things will
0: come of it expose themselves almost yeah Yeah. very rarely in how we expect to
1: oh yeah well that's that's (laughs) (laughs) that's the beauty of one of the beauties of life because you know we have a we have an idea, but you know what comes of it is uh, just what's gonna, what really is gonna um, supposed to happen.
0: And I guess being uh, being open and aware to when those things come along, because you know I know from personal experience, it's really easy to fixate on a on an idea of what you have, like the perfect image or how things should go, what the plan is, and obviously things Absolutely. never go according to plan. But you know, in that process, the thing that basically is what you want and then probably and then some uh comes along and you're so fixated on what you're thinking about it just passes right by and you miss that chance so that's that's easy to happen yeah it's like that you know keeping that open flow of energy just constantly coming in and coming out and just uh one of the best things i was ever told um from a very very smart man was try and i was going through very i was going through kind of a tough time i was very stressed out i was trying to Get my life together, and mm-hmm. no matter what I did, it want to work. And he can he just told me, he's like, try to sit back and witness, just witness the world, mm-hmm. and whatever role you want to play, you can play because you get that choice. But just witness, and that is one of the best things I ever heard. One of the best things I applied, and especially in you know dreaming and manifesting, you know the things that you want. And uh, so, yeah, it, witnessing, which requires being aware and yeah. you know aware of yourself and aware of what's going on.
1: I kind of did that accidentally growing up.
0: Accidentally? Yeah,
1: it's just kind of the way my cards played out. Um, you know how you can, again, manifest things. So even as, a, we, as children, we, we kind of position ourselves where we think we want to be. Yeah. And whether that's uh, the best idea or not those are still adolescent ideas so but we create certain ideas and then that's when hopefully we have a good support system family system to, yeah. to help guide us and make the better decisions but um you know it's uh it's really all it's really all i don't know it's <laughs> <laughs> you know i could go i i in my mind, I keep going deeper and deeper.
0: Before I know, the words I like that out. though. I like that because it, it really does come from the adolescence, especially as creative people, not just mm-hmm. musicians, but creative types, whether you're entertaining, whether you're writing, whether, you know, whatever it is, you know, that I feel like even if you don't discover your quote unquote talents till later on in life, it's kind of who you are from the beginning and mm-hmm. uh, being able to dream with ideas that aren't developed. Uh, to dream and think about things that you wouldn't even know where to begin i mean that's such a crucial part to growth and i feel like a lot of people that have been successful and and not successful you know whatever they define success as have uh, can look back to being a child and find multiple times in their life where you know ideas that they had manifested themselves into something much more mature something much more uh, detailed as life went on so mm-hmm. i don't i don't think that anybody gets gets later on in life and discovers a creative outlet and it's just brand new i think it's kind of always been there they just found the oh, yeah. maybe the freight train to deliver that yeah. so yeah I, I i love that
1: yeah because there's a lot of seeds get, that get planted in our brains throughout our life and then we are who we are as the foundation so, you know, it's like our, our brain is the earth, you know, as they say, and then seeds are planted. Um, some grow really fast, and we, we adhere to those ideas. Um, some grow really slow, and we may not uh, grasp that idea until we're in our 20s, 30s, or 40s, or even later. Yeah, um, it, that's, that's another uh, beautiful, exciting part about uh, life and gr- getting older. You know i i i i look at people that are older and you know it's they got stories they got there is something to be said about living that long you know whether yeah. you're in your 70s 80s 90s 100s i mean oh my god i can't even imagine well i can't imagine <laughs> and it's it's and i that would be fun to yeah. so, you know as long as everything's good but it's uh yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it'd be cool to,
0: to, yeah, it's not totally not a sidetrack. That's definitely what this is about. I, I love I love hearing <laughs> that stuff. But yeah, to, I mean, like I said, I'm, like I said before, multiple times on this <laughs> podcast is I'm only 24. I'll be 25 next month. And just in that time, you know, chasing music and mm-hmm. being in a creative environment my whole life, there's already so many moments and things I can look back on when I'm young. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, like yeah. you said, being 100 years old, looking back, at a you know that many years that many experiences how you've changed how many trials and you know what worked what didn't what manifested over 50 years like can you imagine being able to say that like this was an idea i had 50 years ago and it finally has become something today yeah like that's a crazy statement and i mean that's totally what it takes sometimes but that's
1: not long 50 no not at all
0: Especially for like, you know, like when, especially uh, in my, in my generation, at least, it's very easy for us as, you know, I can only speak for musicians, because that's what mm-hmm. I am. But uh, it's very easy for us to kind of say, oh, it ha- if by 28, if I don't have this, this and this, and I have to succeed, I have to find something new to do. I have to change my route, by 21 I have to do this, by, you know, because you know, we're trained that way. It's like go to school, you have classes at certain times, you have to do it this, and go through these grades, one, two, three, all the way to 12, and you go to four years of college, so everything's put on a timeline. Yeah. But what we soon realize after all that scheduling, and you know enforcement of scheduling, is that the time itself isn't going to work that way for the rest of our lives. Not you know, it all. could, you know, something that happens in one year, could be just as valuable as something that happens in 50 years or less valuable, or more valuable. The point is, you know, what kind of value are we able to see, to apply to it, to re- how are we do, how are we respecting our, uh, our ideas and how long they take, you know, and are we going to give up on them? Are we going to pursue them? Are we going to maybe put them on the back burner until, you know, a light comes on, whatever it may be, but it kind of comes back to the, what you're talking about, you know, the awareness of, uh, awareness of things. Ooh, nice. Good ringtone. It's very jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> i like it <laughs> um but yeah no i absolutely the awareness um
1: sorry well yeah and, it, and the, that keeps on unfolding you oh, know yeah. as as and that was kind of what i was looking to touch on about getting older is that uh as soon as as soon as uh we can accept to that there's something you know um not specific not specifically greater than us but there's things greater than us yeah. and there's more out there and we can be open to other ideas than our own and other ways of thinking than our own and understand and accept that other people have other perspectives than what we have yeah um, The the the, the the layers of the onion start coming off and i think we, we we talked about this a little bit the other day about how just when that you know each new layer it's so fresh you know and you get a new uh, new whiff of, of of it and it's just uh, invigorating and it's exciting and it brings uh, joy to life to know that there's uh there's there's more there's more there's more and it, it'll go forever as as long as we want to um, as we want to keep looking
0: oh well, that i that's like the foundation of great music to be honest yeah i mean think think about it you know one guy writes a song or one guy plays a guitar and writes a great song mm-hmm. and brings someone else in to collaborate perspective, you know as like you said and you know, it's the same thing it can ideas that are different than ours that you know come together and create something that is bigger than yeah. us you know it's not that we're trying to create something bigger than us but you know collaborating from different you know music's a perfect you know it just for happens. Example. you know you bring a whole band together and everyone puts their input and you have all of a sudden you have this beautiful creation from four different people or mm-hmm. however many people in the band but uh yeah that's 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 the foundation of great music the the willingness to want only be open to yourself and aware of yourself to mm-hmm. express what you need to but then to take that to um, the other you know the rest of the world the other people that are willing to give their ideas and collaborate and, and you come out with something incredible i mean that's you know metaphor for music metaphor for life all the way
1: <laughs> yeah it's 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 magical you know it's um that's really what wanted that's what really drew me to um, want to start the record label is because um, my passion for music and i understood kind of you know what it took at the time I kind of understood what it took and uh I knew friends I had oh I had friends that were in bands and so um I I wanted them to be able to showcase their talents you know so that's uh kind of where that went and then yeah, that's the and best part about it yeah it's super important for for people to be have an outlet yeah. for their t- their art Whatever platform it's on, you know it's it's very important for people to have that creative space, safe space, um, for for that. So it's uh, that's one thing. Well, I mean that's and it, yeah,
0: do. it goes beyond just you know two people writing a song. Like you said, you had friends that were bands in bands, and you had <clears throat> the idea or the resource or the ability to bring something new to the table to allow them to reach more people. Like that in itself is another collabor collaborative process that makes things bigger than ourselves which you know which music is it's bigger than us right and you know that's why we can't get enough of it because it's almost like drugs (laughs) well it
1: makes our chakras dance which in turn makes us dance
0: what's that it's a physical vibration there's nothing else like it yeah it never stops traveling yeah you know
1: yeah um crazy i was uh, enough when i was uh senior in high school i was 18 i worked at a place called uh MRD and they did magnetic resonance diagnostics holy shit and this guy yeah it was awesome this guy had a machine that would apply magnetic resonance to your body in areas that you were injured and he had a you know he had an idea because uh Speakers are made of magnets, magnetics, or magnets and waves through, you know, what, our air, which is really our ocean. And uh, so we feel it. We feel the ripples. And uh, so he brought in a composer one day and set up a machine. And I sat in the room and I sat up against this board and he played all the different notes at different octave levels. And this machine read my body's reaction for for each note. Holy shit. And so this doctor had this composer create four or six different albums to help with uh, immunity, to help with stress, one to help with uh, um, PMS, one to, like, b- because of the way that... Um, the vibrations work with your body, oh and my so God. It, it. There was just a pattern of things throughout my life that just kept showing me that music is medicine because it, it can heal us, m- much like with everything else that
0: not you. even emotionally, but like physically. It's, yeah, phys- it's yeah. physical vibration. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's beyond us. We don't even need to consciously be there you know we and that we can be sleeping and the music's playing but it's the vibrations that are going through us and that's where when they uh, get into meditation and they get into all these other um like um, humming and right the yeah. ohms yeah. and everything it's to vibrate your body and in and, and they say if you raise your vibration to a certain level that you reach such clarity that nothing, nothing can bother you. You don't get sick. Jesus. It's, you know, you gotta maintain that. Of course,
0: there's a science it's, behind it's it. It's not
1: just oh, you reach it and you're there. Okay, you know, it's it's not We're like only that. human after all, right? Yeah. You you know, it's a it's a lifestyle that needs to be maintained. But, um, it is possible. It is possible to meditate so deeply that. You could be under the Arctic water for what the guy this guy did like minutes under there. Really? I mean, it's incredible because they you could raise your body temperature. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 really fascinating when you can get into My the, God. the whole. Well, concepts
0: of it. This is a little bit more sciency, but definitely on on that same point. Um, now, forgive me because I don't remember the names or any of that. But so I remember Einstein's name, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Einstein had a, had the theory of gravity waves long time ago, and it was considered, you know, ridiculous because at the time there was first off, there was absolutely nothing near the technology to measure this idea that he had of gravity waves being the ultimate measurement in the universe or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And a few years ago, uh, I can't remember what country he was from, but a physicist took up all of Einstein's studies, all of his papers, all of his theories, and and started working with it and discovered how to, you know, read them more clearly and find them and measure and all this stuff. And so long story short, he finds two black holes in, you know, in our known universe. And these two black holes are so close to together that they were facing each other. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he, and he tracked them and basically they were so strong and so close that they pulled out what was on the inside of each other. They pulled it out so quote unquote what people call the other dimension, and it sent an intense gravity wave, and he had no idea what to expect he didn't know what was coming you know gravity wave, what could that possibly mean right and he measures it, and what he gets is not to be not what not nothing you'd expect, but it's actually a tone, it's a pitch, it's the exact middle note C that us as humans in this world have basically based all of our music theory off of huh. And I thought to myself after I heard about that, I was like, "Holy shit! There is no way that this music that we're feeling, that we're hearing, that we're creating, is not traveling way beyond our lives, our you know realm, if you will. Yeah. You know, it's you know what we think is the other dimension just gave us the first reading of the other side, and it was freaking music. It was a physical vibration, a gravity wave of a, the perfect sea.
1: That's why. That's why. That's why people come together with music. It can't help it it, it, it's in our genetics exactly you no matter what culture no matter what color no no matter what political you you put on the right song and people will just drop everything and kumbaya i mean honestly and you get with the right song yeah and uh, i think that's beautiful it's it's i think that's it's rad
0: it's untouchable yeah I've said it before, and uh i i music is one of the untouchables, yeah it's one of those things that just cannot be tampered with. it can't be you know we cannot change our relationship with it
1: yeah and, you know in in some respect, it's kind of uh living in a fantasy world, if you will, because of this uh idea, this concept that a lot of music has of um a world free of certain yeah things oppression Oppression if you will yeah um and so it's 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 easy to grasp on to that you know it's uh it's inspirational
0: yeah i mean it's yeah it's just it's all it's there's we could go on for hours describing what it's like and what it feels like and Mm -hmm. you know and you said a fantasy it's almost like a fantasy and you know as a musician what i've come to learn is that The more I consider it a fantasy, all it really is is me becoming even more present. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you hear a song that you love so much and you're sitting in your car, you're driving, all of a sudden you feel like you're in another world. And it, it really feels that way. You know, same thing when you're playing a song. You're ripping on the guitar, epic guitar solo. It's like I'm the only one ever. I'm in just, I mean, I'm on cloud nine. But in reality, it feels so good because we become so present with our energy, with our chakras, with our physical being, with everything. We become so physically present with that vibration that we feel like we're gods or we feel like we're out of this world. But in reality, we're more connected than we've ever been. Like mm-hmm. that's a fucking superpower right there.
1: Oh, it. it. Really feels like one. Yeah. When you know, and I think everybody has those moments, um, whether we acknowledge them or recognize them. Yeah. But we all have those moments. But if we can uh, practice, practice it, you know, we'll get better at it, and it just gets better and stronger. And see, once again,
0: that's where that awareness thing comes in. Like, yeah, having those moments to become more aware of those moments. To know what to know how to get there, to know what it feels like, to know how to almost, you like said practice mm-hmm. to train yourself to say, hey, this is my highest state of being. I want to thrive and and push to be here as much as possible, knowing I can't live there forever. I can't always be there, you know. Right. But to practice that every day, you get closer and you become more, uh, just more, more willing to see it, more mm-hmm. willing to accept it, to witness it, to be aware of it, to feel it, and right. and that's you know if if you can't. And maybe I'm being too uh too bold here, but if you can't find that within what you love or what you're passionate about, then you need to rethink how you're approaching it because you can be missing out on something that genetically we were born to feel mm-hmm.
1: yeah, but the, yeah, yeah perspective <laughs> yeah perspective it goes back to that you know it's uh we can go into a, a situation and things cannot go our way, and we can get upset about it, or we can go fucking murphy (laughs) you know that son of a bitch he's always called it (laughs) you know he's always fucking with me yeah you know it's like okay it went wrong let's move on you know and it's we gotta laugh we gotta laugh at life because it's it's like what are we gonna always be serious no we need to have fun and we need to keep it easy and then just everything will fall in place
0: I I'm in love with that whole statement. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's wonderful. I couldn't agree more. It's easier said than done, of course. Absolutely. Easier said than done. And, but and that's
1: why you know if if we if we collectively more people start talking about uh, um, being more conscious and yeah. uh, discussing, actually talking with each other again as we did uh, back in the late '80s and where Prior to, I should say, the two thousand. Yeah. But, uh, you know, start talking about issues again and discussing them in a... uh,
0: Open platform. Open
1: platform. But, like, understand that everybody has their own outlook on it, and that's okay. You know, as long as everybody can, at the end of the day, give a hug and say, okay... You know what? You got plenty. I got plenty. Oh, you don't have plenty? Here you go. Here's something yeah. I need to help out. You know, but people say that it's not. People say that it's not uh, the way things used to be.
0: Yeah. But evolution. I don't like that statement. <laughs> but
1: evolution happens. And that means nothing will ever be the way it used to be. Yeah. And that's the way it's supposed to be.
0: And it's our job to adapt to that and discover the new ways, the more advanced ways, exactly. if you will, to connect.
1: Exactly, because the universe is bigger than us. Yeah. And we either adapt with it or we die out. And that's just the way it works. And, you know, we, there is something special about humans, but at the end of the day... We are an organism. Yeah, we're visiting through this vessel. Yeah, and uh, absolutely, it's a it's a really fun uh, experience, experiment. I, don't I like know.
0: that experiment. It's it's yeah. a really really interesting way to describe it, but it definitely resonates with me. Yeah, it's an experiment. Cause that's, I mean, that's what it is. We don't, we, you know, no matter how much people want to claim things or follow things or whatever it is, At the end of the day, we're all going to die and no one can come back and say, this is exactly what happens right. or this is exactly what life stands for. This is what the meaning of life. And of course, that's always a, that's always a you know, question that's asked. Um, but, uh, with that knowledge, like how can you not consider it just so exciting? You know that means that everything you do is nothing short, is nothing no different than an experiment because there will be an outcome that you don't know yet. Maybe you do know, may, but maybe it's a little different. Whatever the outcome is, you're experimenting to see what it is. Mm-hmm. With every choice, with every movement, with every thought, with every breath, like every use of our five senses and then some. You know, so I, I really, really dig that experiment. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna think about that a lot.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's it's. That's why we need to uh, you know embrace everybody's. Uh, Time here, because in all actuality, they're just a reflection of us. We yeah. manifested them in our lives. Yeah. We put them in our lives. If we don't like something that they're doing, it's because we may possibly do that ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's that's an important one to pay attention to.
1: You know, and there's there's a lot of ego that goes on around uh, this this planet. Um, yeah, and uh, I think that that gets in the way of a lot of us.
0: Once again, that's like right connects right to music, you know, mm-hmm. the metaphor of music is the metaphor for life. Um, the whole idea of experimenting, like the willingness to experiment, like you have to know that there isn't going to be a solid outcome. There isn't going to be like something that defines you forever, you know, sitting down. say sit, maybe you record a record and tell yourself, oh, what if people don't like it? What if this and what if that, you know, you're never going to know until you sit down, put the work in and give it your best, mm-hmm. whether it's shitty quotes shitty or not Mm -hmm. according to other people it's still what you put out there you experimented you lived you put it out there and you know the ego is really what makes us consider what if people don't like it when you really break it down because the only reason that that I mean, it's a good thought to have, but if it's stopping you from going ahead and doing what you love and doing what you're passionate about, then all that is is your ego saying, "Can I handle a blow?" Mm-hmm. And then immediately you define their opinion as taking a blow. Like that's that's not even it shouldn't even be on paper, it shouldn't even be a thought. You know, you're giving what you what you give to the world, especially musically, like so so specifically musically. You yeah. have to give, and you have to give, and you continuously give. And if you get some back, great but if you're stepping into a completely vulnerable place of something that is a physical vibration that is much bigger than just our world and our you know our human our beings if you're stepping into that worried about what what kind of pushback you're going to get from your family or friends or maybe the f- uh, few fans that you have then I mean, I hate to be so harsh. Step away. Don't, don't even step in the first place. You don't deserve mm-hmm. something, you know, so beautiful in your hands.
1: Wait until you're right with it. Yeah. Wait until you're right with yourself first.
0: Yeah, because it with takes ourselves. guts. Yeah, it takes guts. takes balls. It takes what you had back in the day to uh, start Domain Records. Speaking of which, um, Domain Records, you have Domain Records, you have Domain, the smoke shop now in, uh, on Thousand Oaks Boulevard. What, did, what is the name Domain? Where did, you, where did that come from?
1: Um, well, when I, (laughs) so
0: I've always wanted to ask you this, by the way,
1: (laughs) when I was, uh, living out of state, right out of high school, when I came up and I started writing down all my ideas of what I wanted to do. Um, one was a record label. One was a record store. One was a um, recording studio. And the other one was a, uh, bar and nightclub. And Jesus. so those four together, and again, I was 19, i dreaming, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm all about it. And so I looked at them on the paper, and I said, okay, well, I need to come up with a name. And I looked at them, and I said, well, you know, and it was 1995, so the internet was kind of just coming out Yeah. And on, uh, on a mainstream level. And it was still the fourteen-four dial-up modems and everything. <laughs> rock and roll, man. Yeah, it was rock it was, and roll. It was awesome, but uh, <laughs> brutal at the same time. Um, but yeah, so I was looking at that. So with the web just coming out and I, looking at that, I said, okay, well, that could be. If I had all that, that would be my domain. But looking at the the computer now, I was like, well, I don't want to spell it like that domain. I want to spell it different because in my own way i think i'm different as much as i may not be so um i spelled it d-o-u-g-h-m-a-i-n
0: instead of d-o so literally like a domain name
1: yeah you know i I love know, that man. yeah it's I'm like you know so i so into that softened it a little bit and made it a little bit bigger of a word and
0: literally softened uh, does a lot yeah, softer <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so um and uh, you know i've always uh, I've always been a baker.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you like to bake. Oh yeah. That's why I have a head shop. A what? A head <laughs> shop. My my store. Oh. Yeah. Never heard that before.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, I love your store. Thank you. Anybody man. that's listening and you know is in the Thousand Oaks er- area, go to Domain. That's right. On Thousand Oaks Boulevard. Yeah. I go there thing. for everything, man. Well, I appreciate that. Well, it's, yeah. it's funny cause you go into so many shops and especially smoke shops, like it's just such a, it's got such a, such an image to smoke shops. When you go in, whether you're buying cigarettes or, you know, tobacco or pieces or whatever you're buying is always mm-hmm. such a, you kind of prepare yourself for a certain experience, right. the same way you prepare yourself to go to the freaking grocery store. Like everything has its, you know, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're used to this thing, yeah. you know, when you walk into your shop though, you don't get that vibe. You walk in, you're like, I'm in a place of not only I feel comfortable, but this person cares and is interested in what he's doing. He's not just putting a shop up to make money, but he cares about every piece of equipment, every piece of anything in here. Well, I appreciate and that. So it's definitely and I th- I think that's such an important approach no matter what you do, you know, once again in music, you know, what what do you mm-hmm. care about? What are you presenting? You know, it doesn't matter if 8 billion people have played guitar before you. When you pick up a guitar, what does that mean? It doesn't intentions. matter. If there's a million other smoke shops. When you open yours, what are you doing? When you sit down to watch a movie, how are you taking? Like so, it's all, all about yeah. that intention. And so, I mean, even like I said, even walking into a shop to writing a song to meeting someone new, like if you can if you can start to see those intentions, it's it really changes your experience. You know, uh, something my dad told me actually, and I've kept with me mm-hmm. always. Um, he said. You know, he kind of referred to the whole thing that Buddha talked about, the whole expectation is in a formula for disappointment. And he's like, I agree with that to a certain level. He's like, but never, ever, ever, ever forget what you expect out of yourself. He's like, because the more aware you become of your own expectations and yourself, the more easy it is, are your practice in recognizing those things. So when you meet people, you have an easier time seeing what their expectations and themselves are. And if you guys match on your expectations in yourselves, like that's where great relationships form. Hmm. That's where great things come from. He's like, never, if you can learn to never expect from anyone else, but to always pay attention to what you expect from yourself, that's when you start to see the world differently. Yeah, And that yes. is yeah, that totally comes with the intention concept.
1: Right, and because uh, I think that's great advice for a father to give his son, or in, in anyone actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it's uh, you know we we spend uh, so much time looking at others that it's uh, easy to expect more out of others, blame others, and all that. And, you know, it's uh, it's harder to put it on us and say, well, wait a minute, what are what are my expectations? You know, am I willing to do what I'm expecting that person to do? For sure. You know, or am I just kind of going to just play that one lopsided role? Yeah. You know, because it it, and then it's hard to it's really hard to accept someone that does that, you know. And so all we can do is focus on ourselves and make sure that we're doing the best job that we possibly can.
0: Yeah, and then I mean, once you start to pay attention to your own expectations, you let yourself down a lot. You know, maybe not the best way to put it, but then you start to find your inner demons, and you start to, you know, be hard on yourself. And I think that is a foundation being built. If you're willing to push, you know, work through it, I think that's a foundation being built for real, real passions and creativity. You know, I um, once again, my dad, he's a you know, he's a painter, world famous painter. Um, yeah, he's. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> so I've, I've had this, the luck of gaining a lot of knowledge and wisdom from him. And he used to talk about paintings or creative process in general. And uh, he would talk about it. It's like being pregnant for nine months. Like it's painful. Something's growing. Something's building. And you give birth to something beautiful. He's like, but if you're not willing to suffer through that misery and push through it only to find out something beautiful would become of it, he's like, then you're just going to be miserable forever. You have to have that creative outlet you have to be willing to fight those battles. Mm-hmm. And you know, for me growing up as a, you know, as a kid, that was a bit of a heavy concept for me to accept. And as much as I felt it a lot, it was hard for me to really look it in the face. So I came up with this whole response to it saying, you know, during the misery, you have to tell yourself what if. You have to have the what if factor. Especially, you know, for writing songs for me, like a lot of the songs I write, it's uh, whether it's my personal experience or someone else's experience that I've learned from or heard about or whatever it is, I always try to think about the what if factor, take a scenario and change it up. And what if it were like that? Now try to put myself in that place, Mm -hmm. in that place of struggle, that place of misery, that place of, you know, difficulty and -hmm. write from that point, because that's where it's, it's almost like a loophole in the whole process to get more, more, uh, more birth out of it. Um, But But it is, it's sure that balance, like if you can go through that misery, if you can, you know, whether it's for the creative process, whether it's for your life, whether it's for discovering anything, and then find those, what if the fantasy, the what could be all that stuff and really put yourself in that place, you know, it manifests, Mm -hmm. it comes alive, it happens. And maybe not physically in front of you, but internally, you start to see those things. And, you know, that's, especially as a creative person, especially as a musician, you have to do that because you learn the most about what you're willing to do for it, what you're willing to say and what you're willing to go through. You know, how hard are you willing to fight to get this song out to really express these lyrics? Are you going to use the first draft? or Are you going to sit there and rewrite the song 600 times to the lyrics are perfect and really describe what you want. Right. You know, there's, there's that factor of you can't go through that unless you learn how to deal with the misery and find the lights throughout the, you know, throughout that process.
1: Yeah, and, and what? I, going back to what we've touched on a few times, Yeah. why are you making that song? Yeah. Are you making the song to make money? Or are you making the song because you have a passion for music and you really want the world to heal and feel better by, with your music? You know? Or connect to it, yeah. Yeah, because um, I can tell you that the, uh, the music that has more longevity in the world... Has clear, clear uh, intentions mm. yeah. when when it was written. That's for sure.
0: Now, when you say clear intentions, do you mean lyrically or the actual music purpose, itself? Purpose. You can feel it.
1: You can feel it. Um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of. I don't know if you've heard it, a lot of stories about a lot of uh, songs that are still popular today from the 60s or 70s that
0: mostly what I listened to were accidental
1: yeah you know even in the 80s or 90s uh, they just kind of I mean shoot's what uh, Green Day's American Idiot yeah that that album was a makeup for the album that they already recorded that was stolen out of the recording studio so they got together real quick and just bust that out <laughs> and it was. Their, it changed
0: the game. It it did. It was, to say the least. It yeah, changed it was the freaking resurgence. game. Yeah.
1: And I mean, and then they made a um, a Broadway musical out of it. So yeah. it's it's. Uh, you never know. You never know what's uh, what's gonna be your hit. You just gotta be true to. We need to be true to ourselves, and then. The then we'll be able to shine. In the way that we're we're supposed to, and then uh, everybody wins.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Everybody
1: Mm. wins when everybody can when everybody can be themselves. You know, oppression is darkness and stifles people's light. You know. Yeah. Everybody needs to like be themselves, so and then they can create the best art, the best music, um, the best food. I mean, there's so many things. So many outlets. There's so many things in this world that are just so great. Yeah. And fun. I love that. You know.
0: Well, so. it's and it and just to 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 be clear on the whole writing something that heals and whatnot. Um, I feel like it's easy. And this is this is a totally opinion based. Like I'm a total metalhead for mm-hmm. sure. Metalhead. I listen to everything. I mm-hmm. really do. Um, but I mean, obviously, Metallica is my favorite band. I like a lot of heavy rock. A lot of you know, metal and whatnot. And I hear all the time, oh, that that music is too angry. That music makes me upset, this and that, which is fine. I get that. That's cool. But for me, and a little insight on it, and I think for a lot of fans, a lot of people that listen to that kind of music, it's not necessarily that they're saying evil things or mean things or angry things. It's that we have this... You know, this feeling inside of us that is almost anger, is rage, whatever you want to classify it as. And it's so difficult to really process what it is when we listen to these heavy grooves, these heavy riffs. And like even the sound of an electric guitar, just, you know, palm muting, double, you know, uh, alternate picking away just super fast. Like it's aggressive, yes, but it's almost like instead of going out and punching 10 people, we just sat there and that vibration touched that part of us that needed healing. Mm -hmm. And it released it for us. And that's such that's that's a te- uh, 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 an approach I try to take every every now and again with the music that right? like, you know, what am I trying to tap into and why am I tapping into it? You know, if I write something aggressive, am I, am I writing something aggressive to piss someone off? Or am I writing it aggressively because that's what I'm feeling and I think that someone will listen to it and that part of them that they're having trouble with will be healed through channeling with that uh, with that sound. You know, and so that whole healing concept—it like like once again the intention of things. Right. You, know, you could write the like death metal, hardcore, just crazy, insane riffs and lyrics, but out there, with if you do it with the right intention, someone could be listening to that and finding the most healing experience they've ever had. The mm-hmm. same thing with listening to a beautiful acoustic guitar or instrumental. You know.
1: Exactly, because they're on the same uh, plane. They're on the same plane as you were when you wrote the song. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, you know, not everybody craves uh, ground beef. You know, some people want, you know, the fillet instead. You know? And that's why
0: it's so important to have variety. Because exactly, you could you a song that got you through your teens. You could get to your twenties, and that's you hate that song. You yeah. would never want to listen to it again. Exactly, because that was your time. Right, and that's yeah. beautiful <laughs> to me.
1: Yeah, there's 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 some music that uh, I listen to now that, <laughs> you know, I I just. I wore the tapes out, you know, and I listen to it now and I say, you know, I'm grateful that that music was there for me then, but it's not my thing now and that's okay. So I need to put you to the side and I'll enjoy you every now and then when you come around, but I'm breaking up with you. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. You know, and so I need to move on because... My 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 tastes and my 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 wavelength or not wavelength, but my 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 speed, my vibration is a little different. Yeah, and I think that that's good. I think that's important that uh, we change as we we get a little we get older. I you think know? that's another thing to consider. I don't want to stay stagnant.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's and speaking. You know, totally not so wanting to stay stagnant. Like people bash on artists for releasing an album that wasn't like the last one, and like. Sure, maybe it's not good for whatever whatever your opinion is, but I I honestly I really enjoy seeing that because it means that they've grown since the last album and they're willing to accept like you said their vibration. They're well, not staying static. And
1: they're willing to take risks because yeah. I mean it's uh, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the musicians have to go along with what the the, the boss says. You know, as far as uh, how the music's going to sound at the end of the day or, you know, when they're being under a major label.
0: Well, see, that's so that's the beautiful part about it today, give, though.
1: Right. So they give up a lot. So it's 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 nice when they can say, you know what? I'm not going to continue doing the same fucking thing. I'm going to switch it up and people are going to hate it. And that's OK because not everybody should like it if everybody liked the same thing this world would be fucking boring yeah you know Screw that. I- exactly you know going back i mean that's what huh, go <laughs> the the united states is perfect for that and we need to not lose sight of that Because what made this country so great is all the different type of people. Yeah. And we need to embrace that and keep that going and not feed into other people's agendas.
0: Well, a perfect example. And like I said, I'm a Metallica fan, so I'm going to use Metallica as an (laughs) example. (laughs) One of my favorite uh, stories is um, So Metallica released Kill em All Thrash metal Just fucking badass Yeah Love that album, right? And When Ride the Lightning came out People were a little confused Because this thrash metal band comes on the scene And they just overtake the world with *Kill 'Em All Just Incredible riffs Incredible shredding This and that And What was that fucking What was Ride the Lightning? Like 83, 84? And This heavy metal band for the time Releases Fade to Black Releases a song that is considered a ballad. The, in, realistically, the first heavy metal band to release a ballad, and man, did people hate it. Look it up. People hated mm-hmm. that song. They hated that album. There was so much pushback from the fans. They lost all of their, almost all their fans. But then they gained. Almost I'm old the enough, in- I know. Well, of <laughs> <yeah, have> course. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what the great, the great yeah. part about that is because they weren't willing to stay stagnant. Because they evolved, and they said, "We're going to try something new." They may have lost this little portion because people weren't willing to change with them. But what they did is they opened the gates of that heavy metal music, that heavy rock, mm-hmm. to the rest of the world that did looked down upon it and said, hey, there's a song I can listen to. Yeah. I like that song. There's something to them. And then they kept following it up and following it up and never lost sight of you know, their heavy riffs, the you know, James Heffield right hand down you know, downstroke yeah. is just incredible. But that was such an important point in music, I think, because an entire genre was opened up to an idea. Mm-hmm. That they could do this.
1: Well, they understood that the masses want more melody. Yeah. And uh, less uh, time changes. Yeah. Something that they can dance to. Yeah. Something that, you know. And uh, uh, pop music will always rain. And so if they can make a pop metal, you know, is... is kind of funny as that sounds you know that's kind of what it becomes because it's it's not that hard like what you knew of it was like the thrash metal it's just another form of metal
0: and just to clarify for anybody that's listening to this right now uh-huh. the concept of pop music regardless of genre just it's to be totally clear is popular popular yeah and i feel like that term has such a negative connotation now because like oh they sold out to be pops like that's bullshit they yeah, made no, something that was so good and so new, it became popular. Yes. And that was the norm. Like, right. that if is the, fucking it, rock and yeah, roll. It's
1: not like Madonna or Michael Jackson metal. No, it's it's just a popular version of metal.
0: I was watching... Um, uh, Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, no, I, I, that's Thanks. something that I, I, I often... I run into a lot. Because yeah. it's like, oh, I don't want to be a pop artist. I'm like, what does that freaking mean? <laughs>
1: you know, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's what, they, what's, it's what the person translated into their brain, what the person told them it meant. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's...
0: It's like it becomes popular because people are willing to innovate and you know, cross those boundaries and not stay stagnant, like you said, and you mm-hmm. know, evolve and grow and get to a point where they're creating what's the norm, what's popular now. Yeah. Like, I mean, shit, if you can make a pop record, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, if, if, if you uh, listen to the first uh, Incubus records it's a totally different band
0: game changers yeah
1: you know but when they they came i think it was uh morning view yeah that um it was you know night and day yeah night and day so but you know it's uh, once again
0: another sound that a band changed that actually redefined a lot of genres Mm -hmm. they opened up a door that led to so many bands not just like them but bands that were willing to go even farther like right, because
1: they still had the roots from where they came.
0: Yeah, they still remembered why they were doing it. Yes. Um
1: Sometimes we just need to uh, adapt a little bit to get our message out
0: there. James Hetfield said in an interview... Uh, last thing about Metallica, I promise. <laughs> James Hetfield said in an interview... <laughs> I've like, seen him once. Really? Yeah. How'd in, you like him?
1: In New Orleans.
0: What, when, when was I, this?
1: Uh, this was uh, in 2012. Um,
0: Fuck yes Is Death Magnetic Tour
1: Uh, You know Actually It was uh, The Voodoo Festival In New Orleans And they Filled in Because uh, Billy Joe Armstrong uh, Had A a Drug relapse Or he Oh man Whatever So he 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 had to bail off The the, the tour His own tour And uh, Go into rehab And and so uh, Metallica filled in For a great How great was it Um it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was really <laughs> fucking
0: cool, to be honest with you. I think I've seen them nine times now. Yeah. I've done some ridiculous shit to see Metallica. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> some I'm not proud of, but, um, but he, he said, uh, especially when they were younger as a band, he said, we wanted to write songs. We wrote music because it wasn't out there. We, wanted to, we, wanted to, we, ha- want, we heard something that we wanted to he- actually hear, so we thought to ourselves, let's just write that. Let's write the music that we want to listen to. That's perfect. And that was like of amidst so many great things that he has said and other musicians have said, that is such a crucial thing mm-hmm. to write music that we wanted to hear because it wasn't out there. Like if you can find a sound that isn't out there that you want to hear, that's what you need to do. That is – that's your fucking responsibility. If you have the, t- uh, the talent or the ability to create in any platform – you know, music in this in this way, and you find something that isn't there that you want, you fucking do it. There's yeah. no question. You give everything you've got to that because that is bigger than you. Yeah, that is that is just one of my favorite things I've ever heard. <laughs> 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 um, speaking of all this creation and music and whatnot, you know, you back to your 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 label, Domain Records. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having such an enlightened conversation. I'm like, bring it back down to this <laughs> thing, but. But it, it no, it really applies because I uh, I want to know more about how you approached it because you're you're such a deep guy, you're such an enlightened person. You you care so intensely about, in my opinion, the right things, the things that matter more than just what'll sell the best, what'll be the best, you know, all that stuff. You care more about the individual and what they're bringing to the plate and what how they're affecting the world around them. And I think that's so rare, um, especially in the music industry, of people that aren't the actual musicians. So I think you're a very, very special person in that sense. And I kind of want to pick your brain about it, like in the sense of, you know, these bands first off, like, how did you when you said they were your friends? How did you approach them and say, hey, I want to record you or, hey, I have a label. You know, what was, what was your first uh, first take on them?
1: Well, they they didn't all start as my friends, <laughs> they, they just, you know, the family grows, but um uh the very first few were uh friends and so i said hey i want to start up a record label if i put you in the studio can i record your music and they said okay so I where'd r- you uh, find a studio i worked full-time and saved money and we uh, started recording them uh b- b- where, uh shoots man it's been so long <laughs> it was uh I, so the first recording was insurgents and uh they they found the studio they found the studio to do it um they had already re- recorded one ep on their own um uh, but uh i came in and i wanted to record them i thought they were, they were a really good band so i recorded so was them. it someone
0: else's studio that you guys rented out yeah, yeah Okay, we would
1: go in there rent it out um, we did that uh, for for all of them,
0: and you released the music under Domain Record, Do- Domain Records under that label. Correct. So the label itself didn't actually have a location. You just rented studios, and you yourself was basically what was Domain Records. Correct. So what what role did you play in the studio? Like, did you walk in and just run the board, or did you help them produce songs? Did you write with them? What what roles did you play amongst the that?
1: I gave them full creative. I didn't want to interfere with their what they had going on, because you know I I I looked at it like you know I chose them because of what they do. Yeah. So why would I want to change that?
0: Can I just have that? I'm gonna cut that clip out of the recording and just have it on repeat (laughs) on giant speakers (laughs) through all the major cities that involve music.
1: It's it's (laughs) that was beautiful. (laughs) That's the way I look at it. So it,
0: um, oh man, I love that. That is just so wonderful.
1: I would, so, you know, I would go in there and I would sit and I would watch the recording process, and sometimes I would not. It depends on what I was able to do. I did as much as I could, but, um, I loved the, the whole creation process. I love the, that's really what it is. It's so,
0: but you funded everything. Yeah,
1: I funded everything, and it started with just, few songs and that's that
0: so did you have any contracts that were signed between you and the band or the band and the label
1: uh yeah that's uh that came later (laughs) as I as I understood what I was doing more
0: so what I mean Uh, what kind of uh you don't have to get into super detail mm -hmm. about specifics of the contracts but what was what was kind of like the average deal you would make with a band like a band comes to you and says hey we want to record this album and we want you to distribute it through your label and whatnot uh what what were your guidelines? Do you own the masters? Do you own the music? Do they own the music, or that you know how did how did that work?
1: Well, if the if the label paid for the recordings, then uh, the label owns the recordings. Okay. Um, and then you know it's all up for um, it's all up for discussion, negotiation on how long before the band can uh, re record those songs yeah, or something else um, but you know it's my whole thing is uh, I'm trying to control less because it's just an illusion anyway okay. so it, if, if if people really want to break a contract it's like that's it's not the life end all it's, it's okay, good luck. Yeah. You know, because we all make choices and a piece of paper with a signature at the end of the day, it sucks if somebody wants to break it, mm. but usually they're gonna lose in the end. Yeah. Because they're not seeing it through
0: And that's beyond really this, the...
1: It's something within them, you know, and it's, it's, it has, yeah, it's, it's, there's so many, it's all. there's so many,
0: uh... Did you ever work with a band that you had to kind of stop, cut a contract with, or like break a contract?
1: They all kind of worked out... Smoothly? The way that they were supposed to, you know, um looking back oh yeah i wish this would have worked out better yeah but um i don't know it's it's uh it plays out the the way it should should, you know and then maybe maybe all that were the seeds that have planted trees that are uh fruiting now yeah you know i don't i mean look we're sitting here today talking about these records these records that came out what 17 18 years ago jesus i mean well the first one that came out was 1997 shit and uh that was that was pretty awesome because it was uh kind of all over the place (laughs) yeah yeah i wanted to you know going back to the, the the intensity of of hardcore music yeah you know I remember I was playing one of the bands really loud in my room. My mom came over and she, you know, this is going back, right? Cause I'm still living at home and my mom comes over. She's like, Oh my God, that's crazy music. What is that? It's so like, they're so angry. And I said, mom, <laughs> these guys are hardcore Christians. And she's like, Oh, well, you know, maybe they should just not be so angry about it. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, because then I had another band that was hardcore and they were anti-Christian, anti-religion. Yeah. Because I wanted to show that there's balance. Yeah. You know, and both and that sides. that
0: didn't matter. It was you know it was the it's the music that we're doing here.
1: Right. You know. But, but regardless,
0: it, any you know, like your mom listens to both of them, that wouldn't make a difference. They're both just hardcore music. Exactly. It's just too much. It's it, yeah. It's a pretty it's, cool statement uh, there, yeah.
1: So it's 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 uh, it, some people can break through that that initial shock, yeah, and, and dig down to see what's really going on. Yeah, you know, why won't that tree grow?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm just gonna keep watering it. Why is it? Well, why won't it grow? I'm just gonna keep watering it. It's like, well, why don't you dig the soil back a little bit? You know, check it out. See if it's, uh, if you're waterlogging it, if you're drowning it. Yeah. You know? I mean, everybody's growing marijuana. You should know that by now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hell yeah. But so You're the only person that's not growing, and I have the yard to do it.
1: Oh, you have a beautiful
0: yard. I would love to start getting yeah. some plants out here. Your yard's like a park. I'd just be worried about my dogs peeing on it or eating away at it or something.
1: Oh, you know what? Actually, okay, so get this and uh, I learned this during the uh, uh, research for an animation I'm working on, Roland Hills, that Keef is actually a deterrent for animals to eat the plant. Really? Because it's psychoactive, that it um, is a natural torrent for animals to eat the plant
0: damn the ultimate plant (laughs) yeah
1: i mean it's right so that's pretty
0: incredible yeah i'm just gonna forget the yard i'm gonna plant that all over the rugs in my house (laughs) not being on this shit (laughs) so i thought that you know that's pretty the
1: more you know right the more you know
0: (laughs) so um back to the records and whatnot Mm -hmm. Duh. So you said you gave them total artistic artistic, artistic, artistic <laughs> freedom. Mm-hmm. So that means they wrote the songs, produced the songs, they chose which songs were on the album and the order of them and all that stuff then. Yeah. What about the artwork? All them too? All or them. whoever they hired?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I – uh, yeah, whoever they wanted to bring on board for it. And, yeah. You Did you I, fund that as well? I funded everything. Holy shit. I Good for everything. you, man. From, uh, You're like a godsend. You're like sale. a hero. Yeah. Well, you know, it. it's what I felt I needed to do. I. You know, and so I went with that.
0: It's an honor to know you then.
1: Oh, well, I don't <laughs> That's, thanks, but, especially,
0: but in, especially in an era where that was, you know, that was the big show, you know, getting a record label and distributing, you know, to, to do what you were doing in that time. I mean, it's different to do it now you know, say you got you know, money saved up, like, oh yeah, I can just help you produce your stuff and stream it, whatever, it's totally different game. It's a totally and to different do it, game. to do it the way you did it back when it wasn't like this, that's, I mean, if you want the perfect example of I care about something and that's why I'm doing it, everything else doesn't matter, then there it is. Yeah. That's your fucking, you know, open that open to that page in the book, there's your definition, a picture of Josh doing what he did, yeah. you know? There's a doing whole lot, what he does.
1: <laughs> whole lot of sacrifice there. Yeah. So
0: mm-hmm. with all that, why did you leave? Why'd you stop?
1: Um, I needed a break. You know, I, I, I started it as a fan and, um, I started to lose touch with that because of, uh, the way that the last three albums, well, no, the, uh, not the last three, but the way three albums ended up. And it was a lot of, like, lot of heartbreak and so i was i was taking it personal yeah. you know and uh, my you know I have, I have a wife and my my kids were super young at the time and so it, it took a lot from me personally and uh, i took a toll on uh, my home life so i needed to just kind of put the brakes on and step away and and Rethink what I was doing, why I was doing it, and uh to see to to remind myself that i I had um, the best albums growing up in front of me, yeah, you know, so it was like it, it where do i need where where can I invest my energy because at the end of the day once i you know once we're out of energy, we don't have anything else. Yeah. you know, so and or we're not good with what we're trying to do. So it was uh, it was important to me to watch my children grow.
0: I think that it's a beautiful example of self-respect. That's what I'm hearing. And I say that because you walked into something because you cared about it and you wanted to be a part of it because you knew what it was. You knew what music was to you and it made you feel a certain way. and it was special it was beyond making money or having success or friends and fame, it was beyond all that for you. And to succeed in that path to the level that you did, and then to be however long into it, basically invested so much of your time to reach a point where it wasn't that feeling anymore, to walk away from it, I mean, that's self-respect. That says that what I feel, I respect myself and who I am as a person, and you know who Josh is, cares about music, cares about how I feel about it, cares about the passion behind it. And if that goes away, then I want nothing to do with it. Like, I, I don't know if I can name anyone else at well, I mean, that I know that uh, has been through that one or more importantly, has been able to look at themselves and say, hey, it's been 12 years. I've been doing this, it's working, but I don't feel the same way I do anymore. You know what? I'm gonna step down. I'm gonna find something else to do because sitting down and listening, listening to a record that I love is more important than being in the studio and funding a band to record the next great album. Like yeah. That right there, for me, I mean, I, I admire that on so many levels, but it's just so much self-respect. It's so much self-awareness and so much self-love and compassion. That's that's just such... It's kind of like that, old, uh, mm-hmm, that yeah. saying where it's like, you know... You have to be a fan of music. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a musician or not. Like, you have to be a fan of music. Mm-hmm. You have to know what that's like, and that's I feel like that's where that, that foundation came from. And that's
1: yeah. I mean, it's. I remember when I was five or six years old, and I put my penny on the Columbia Music House thing, that uh, it would come in the mail. Yeah. You know, and you'd put your penny there, and they would send you six tapes. cassettes and you only had to buy like three or four more over a certain amount of time they were like twice as much as they were in the store but um, I just always craved music it was just something and you know a a lot of people do a lot of people do and that's a great thing because that's what keeps it keeps it going because when some people do need to take a break there's other people that can keep it going. Yeah. You know, because it, music will never die. It's an, yeah, it can. not it, it It's will. untouchable. <laughs> there's there's a great museum in, in um, and there's, I believe it's Scottsdale, Arizona, where uh, instruments of the world. Oh, man. And it's just from, uh, it was so cool because it just shows that people will make instruments out of anything. Anything that can create a tune.
0: Even a sound? Anything?
1: Anything. Anything. You can tap. Anything that you can strum. Anything that you can hum. People will. To make themselves feel better. Because people want to feel happy. Yeah. And that's why (laughs) in our current society... Hardcore drug use is so out of control. Yeah. Because people are deeply unhappy, but people aren't really really willing to talk about it. Yeah. People need it. It's okay to talk about. Yeah. Heal. We need to heal our
0: minds. Well, it takes it takes a lot of self compassion, and yeah, and it's it's
1: out there. We just need the more people talk about it, the more people will will understand that. Hey, you know what? You're just like me. Oh my God, how yeah. cool. Do you feel this? Yeah, I do. Oh my God, that's cool. I'm Is not alone it... in the world anymore. Exactly.
0: It's almost like music, what we get from music, we're getting from the people next to us. Yeah. Because you know, what does music make you feel if not not alone? You know, you relate to something, you feel something. That sound makes you feel good. That lyric makes sense to you. Imagine sitting down next to a friend, next to a family member, next to anybody and, you know, really digging deep. And imagine speaking so genuine, like so vulnerably and so honestly the same way musicians or songwriters write their music. Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine having that fucking conversation? That is, that's fucking rock and roll right there. That's That is, that's so amazing. Those
1: are the best conversations. Hell yes. I've always loved having those conversations. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like we got a lot of that today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, were there any repercussions though? Walking away? Like, you know, did you, lose relationships with bands did you know uh did you owe people anything did something like did any there did, was like was there a lot of repercussion from walking away from all of what you had basically no. like an empire no
1: because well, no because everything kind of uh ended on its own prior it worked out kind of it was time it was time you know and uh so i, I Yeah. There were no repercussions. I don't feel, I don't, I don't think so anyway. You know, there might be like a bunch of people talking shit behind my back, but no, no, but I, I, you know, it, uh, I don't, I don't think about that and I don't, I wouldn't think that anyway, but, um, you know, I've always done my best. So that's, that's all that matters. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I am grateful for all the opportunities that I had with the bands because I learned, I learned a lot. I hope they learned a lot, you know, maybe, um, not, uh, a specifically about the music industry, but maybe about something in life, you know, because we're all going, you know, we're all journeying through this. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it it was a really cool experience. It was a really cool experience. Met a lot of cool people. Dang. I still have a lot of friendships from yeah. them. Uh, one of the uh, one of the guys that was in Formata, he was in one of the other bands that I had, Blue Root, and um, I'm I'm working with him today. Actually, we're collaborating on uh, um, some different uh, scripts and
0: things. So speaking of collaborating on different scripts and things walking off the music industry not being a musician you're an incredibly creative human being what i want to know what what's your creative outlet what what do you do now like for creativity at least
1: i first and foremost like to
0: write right
1: Um, whatever is flowing through me uh... i used to when i was young i used to i used to write a lot of poetry which which made sense to write lyrics and, yeah, you know, become a singer, you know, but no, that, that wasn't my path. And so, um, I kind of fell out of, I kind of fell off that path for a long time. And then, uh, in 2012, I had some, um, things, a rocky point in my life and I needed to come back To me, and remember what makes me happy, because I was doing a lot of things that weren't making me happy. Yeah. Because, but I was just following along. So doing what you're uh, supposed to. Right. So what? What do I like? What's I like being creative? What is that? Uh, I like to write, and so I started writing stories, and uh, I uh, started writing. Screenplays, Wow. So it's kind of, uh, I've always been into, uh, film acting. I, I did some acting when I was younger, uh, not too much, but, uh, it's always been a, a thing there. And so I feel, I felt that I wanted to really uh, cultivate that.
0: Yeah. So. so are you working on any projects now
1: with the writing? Um, yeah. So I had, what. Well, there's a few in the works, but um, well,
0: any you can talk about right now? I know uh, how that goes.
1: <laughs> well, so th- there's an animation um, I'm, I'm I'm helping write
0: and Rolling Hills, is Rolling that Hills, um, wow, that one right on.
1: Yeah, Rolling Hills. It's an um, it's a music. Car- it, it's a it's an animation based off of uh, around with music and cannabis. Nice and uh, good combo. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Great combo. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of education. It's a lot of edu- education <laughs> and comedy. And so it's, it's, it's really funny. So uh, we're, uh, we're just looking for a home for it right now. Right on. But you can check out the, uh, all the animation on, uh, at Roland Hills USA on Instagram.
0: Roland Hills USA. Yeah, no G. It's like you're rolling a joint. I like it, yeah. rolling. So there's, there's really not a day that goes by where you're not creative in some way or another you know it's or at least let me rephrase that intentionally creative
1: Inten- oh well no no it just yeah I mean well I I, I can't say that because there probably are some days where I'm just I'm flatlined yeah you know and that's that happens just soul healing yeah that's the universe saying hey buddy slow down yeah you know just slow down because uh it's not a race and um I'm cool with it not being a race
0: yeah you know because yeah. uh, I think that's like one of the, I'd say that one of the top three things to really accept in uh, any sort of creative career yeah see, <laughs> it's see. not a race patience it's
1: not, it's not a race and therefore it's not a competition <clears throat> yeah you know so we're, we're not competing against anybody else we're only
0: doing what we're doing
1: doing what we're doing
0: rock and yeah. roll man yeah well I'm excited for the cartoon I'm excited to see what comes of it
1: yeah, well, I hope so. Since how uh, I'm one of the characters. <laughs> huh? You're one of the characters.
0: Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm. pretty stoked.
1: Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun.
0: I think you guys have a little. Uh, what do they say? Is it niche or is it niche? I hear it differently.
1: Niche. Niche. He said
0: niche. Yeah. I think you guys got one there with the whole. Uh, I mean, throw cartoon in there, throw music in there, and then throw the you know the hot topic of today's world is cannabis and the education in it. Yeah. You know, who better than you to really show that you know it's
1: well i have yeah i mean i have something to say with that for sure um but uh, there's there's a lot more that i've learned since uh, starting the project yeah and uh you know i think i just think that one of the raddest parts about it is that it's uh 99.99 percent animals and and everything in the world is alive yeah so it's just it's really cool and, and anything can happen and it kind of. uh
0: gives ex- re- oh, Go ahead. No, yeah, I'm just I'm excited to see see this come to fruition to like you know the actual public because I think like I said niche it's mm-hmm. uh, I think it's really you guys are ahead of ahead of the game with that and I think it's really going to be something that people look to something that people watch for fun watch for. A lot of reasons, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to really reach all different types of people, whether they're fans of music, fans of you know marijuana, fans of cartoons, or not any of those things, I think it's going to reach. And I think it's because it's, one, not only incredibly creative, but it's got people like you behind it, and that is the core of all of it, in my opinion. Well,
1: I appreciate that, but you know there are two other uh, creative minds behind the project as so well you Gorilla and Megan and Megan yeah um, uh, Gorilla is uh, uh, the artist drawing all the characters
0: um, I just might have to have him on here he's got a pretty epic story about being a cartoonist <laughs> from uh, what Fox let's see The Simpsons Simpsons and Family Guy and the guy did a little bit of Futurama too I think he said
1: I don't know about that one but he did uh, he, he worked on some other ones yeah he to drop too many names but uh yeah yeah but yeah he's uh he's he has some experience in the animation world and uh his character i mean every time it's it's every time i look at some of these characters it just brings a smile yeah you know because it's you know we sit down and it's again it's the whole creation process yeah it's going into this fantasy world getting out of what we see and deem as reality, and having fun and getting back to uh, that child within us. Yeah. And saying, oh, you know, what if this happened? Like, we can, can make you, that can, happen. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine you're walking down, you know, and, and just come up with the most ludicrous story? But then when you have these really cute funny characters doing it it's it bridges the gap
0: bridges the gap yeah i mean i i'm very excited you know it's a great idea it's a great concept it really like everything you just said it really grasps the you know out there ideas but because it's you know cute little characters being funny about it like you can you know you can listen to it and it's also got you know you guys behind it the you know all you all of you working on it and you know, it's very, you know, I don't know much about it other than what you just shared with me, of course. And before that, I knew that I was a character at one point. <laughs> um, <laughs> the fact but, that you're,
1: uh, yeah, you're uh, you're in the band Apophis. Apophis. Yeah, and you're an armadillo.
0: Armadillo, fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, and your drummer Eric is, uh, uh, no, no, I take that back. You're the aardvark. Aardvark. You're the aardvark, and Eric's the armadillo. <laughs> yeah.
0: Heavy metal duo.
1: <laughs> yeah, rock and roll, that's, it's, it's rad. It's well, I'm, rad, So,
0: I'm just. I'm very happy to hear that you're still in the creative world. I don't think you couldn't be.
1: <laughs> well, I could be, but I'd be very depressed. Yeah, and that's where that's why I needed to get back, because that's why I was in the music in the first place. Because I crave that art, that artistic creative process, and uh, without. Being in the music anymore, I needed something, and uh, so there. Well, there's that.
0: I um, I hope you never stop the creative process. I have enjoyed this thoroughly. I've learned a shit ton. Um, I hope you're willing to come back on soon. Absolutely. I have more to talk to you about. You are just a goldmine of information, <laughs> of ideas, of theories, of <laughs> concepts, of, you know, <clears throat> I really. I really, really enjoy getting down to, you know, the depth of things, you know, and not just talking about, you know, yeah, we talked about what you've done and what you're doing and what, what you've accomplished and whatnot. But, you know, it's so important to really talk about everything around that and what you talked about, the feelings and the intentions and being aware and paying attention to who Josh is or who anybody is in those situations. Yeah. Yeah, And, and especially in a world of music, you know, obviously all creativity is, you know, all creative platforms. There is that Mm -hmm. no doubt. I mean, I just had a comedian on the other the other day and we talked about live performance. Like it doesn't matter what your creative outlet is. There's, there's a relationship among all those people from fans, to performers and everyone in between and outside the barriers, I mean, you name it. And there's that relationship and that's what I love to hear about. And I feel like you really brought that to the table and uh, I guess just thank you and I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, I appreciate you.
0: Any final words?
1: <laughs> uh, you can check out Domain Life uh, at, on Instagram, at domain life, D-O-U-G-H-M-A-I-N-L-I-F-E. And then uh, at Rollin' Hills USA.
0: Rock and roll. I yeah. like it. Other Check them that. out, everybody. Yeah. Well, Josh, thank you.
1: Thank you. Cheers. Peace.